Hi, I'm Sam. About five years ago, my whole world was turned upside down. More on that later, but let's just say in what was supposed to be the happiest time in my life, I felt totally lost. You're listening to or watching my show, where we'll be talking with friends in healthcare, wellness, and holistic healing about real self-care. I'm not talking about pedicures and bubble baths. We're talking true acts of care to maintain our physical and mental health so we can truly live fearlessly and fulfilled. Say it with me. Self-care is my job. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you listening. Um, And I really also am super thankful for Jennifer Dragonette for joining um, the episode this week on self-care is my job. We went really deep into the concept of letting go of society's expectations of us. So when we live our lives based on other people's expectations, we end up putting ourselves in these boxes and we do it to be safe. We do it to fit in. We do it for acceptance and we do it for love. Um, But we end up in turn losing pieces of ourselves and it's just not the way to be. So it's yet another thing that I think we really need to address as far as what we can let go of in order to really live aligned with our true self. So I hope you enjoy. And if you do, please um, think about writing a review for the podcast and following. And you could even go on YouTube and and subscribe to the Self Care Is My Job channel. That would be really great. Again, thank you so much to Jennifer Dragonette for joining the episode this week. I hope you guys enjoy. Take care of yourself. Yay! Hi, Jen. Good morning. Good morning, Jen. How are you? Thank you for getting out of bed so early for us, because OMG, that's rough. <laughs> it's 7 a.m. your time, right? Yeah, that's not that early. I guess for a Sunday, but you know. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Actually, let me see. I'm just making sure. So I'm going into Facebook and I'm trying to tag you. I'm just checking that it's actually working. Going live soon. No. Let's make sure this is actually the first time it didn't actually pop up right away. So let me, let, let us just uh, get our stuff together here and make sure all is well. Oh, okay. I see an error occurred. Oh, okay. It's the first time that ever happened. Oh, but um, you know, okay. tech issues <laughs> because it's in line with our topic of today, which is <laughs> IDAF. <laughs> Um, okay, let me just double check this again and then we will tag you. So how are you feeling today? How's your weekend been so far? Can't complain. We might actually get some rain today, which is really exciting for us. Oh, here. This, this is a good thing, right? Okay, yes. good. Yes, we are um, in major drought. So any oh, rain really? really? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we did get rain today. Luckily, we had a beautiful day yesterday, and we got rain overnight. Everything's a little soggy today, but that's okay because I got my outdoor time yesterday. I got it in. Me and the husband went for a hike, which was very uncharacteristic of him. He did it for me, and um, I think he might have actually liked it. <laughs> you can't, like, say it to him, though. No. Like, you know, like, you just, no. like... Oh, it was good. Thank you for joining me. And you just, <laughs> anyway, so we have an amazing guest with us this morning. I just like to give people like a couple minutes to like hop on obviously too, but I just want to thank you for joining us not only so or early, but just, I'm looking forward to this conversation a lot. Jennifer Dragonette is here with us and she is the um, host of feed your body with love podcast. And she's going to tell you about all the other wonderful things that she has going on as well. But I just want to say, you know, thank you for joining us. And um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about you. I would love, you know, I always just like to start with that, right? Like, I want to know all the goods. I want to know where you're from, what you were up to before this, why you're doing this now, because there's always like, there's always like, inevitably, like a before and after, right? So you know, and, and the why, like, why, why is all this sort of unfolding for you that you're passionate about self-love and like showing up so like imperfectly, like as yourself, I love your message. So tell us about that. 
<laughs> so I'm in Northern California, right above San Francisco, um, which I tried to leave once. Uh, I admit I, I made it to Arizona for 11 months and said, nope, this is not for me. Came right back. Mm -hmm. So I am kind of a homegrown, like San Francisco Bay Area girl. Mm -hmm. um, all my story. Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't even know where to start. So I was a in finance for 16. Okay, I'm going to... I'm just going to say 16 years because that sounds better than possibly the real number. <laughs> and there was a point where I was getting sick all the time. It was hard to show up to work. Um, I had a pretty abusive work situation, um, which was making it even worse. And I finally was like, uh-uh. Um, I did. They did ask me to leave with a settlement check. Mm -hmm. That was how bad it got which inspired me to say, hey, I'm not going back to working for someone else. So it was a blessing and a curse mm -hmm. to be in that situation that I had allowed myself to be in for so long. Um, and then I started my journey of like, okay, now what do I want to do? When I was three, I was doing Reiki and energy healing on my grandpa. So I knew there was something connected to source energy, to something higher, something bigger than sitting there crunching numbers, black and white. I'm not a black and white kind of girl. Like I'm analytical, but I'm more of like, let's throw paint on the wall. Let's just do something fun and creative. Mm. So I started in health coaching and mm. I didn't like how, I, and we're not, we're not going to be at like, we're not going to make this all PC and like, pretty. So trigger warning. Go I for didn't, it. <laughs> I didn't like how everyone was so focused on changing their body, mm. regardless of what happened inside your body. So we want to fit in these boxes. I wanted to fit in the box. I went on my first diet when I was like six or seven years old, yeah. because we put so much focus on what our body looks like that we forget about like, Hey body, how you feeling? Mm. <laughs> like when I was at goal weight, we'll just call it that where I was weekly checking in at meetings and getting on scales. Mm. I was also really depressed. I was praying and, and this will be a little deep, but I was praying that I wouldn't wake up in the morning. And every morning when I woke up, I was pissed. Mm. I was pissed at, pissed at God at that time. And I was, you know, like, why, why are you making me do go through these? Mm. So We'll fast forward through that because that's a pretty dark story. Get, we don't want to go down that story. It's too early on a Sunday for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I realized there needed to be a change. So right before, like beginning of 2020, I had just gone to a retreat in Sedona. And I was like, no, I'm going to embrace every single piece of my body. It was the first time I gave up dieting. And it was the first time I started like saying like, okay, it's okay to not be in people's boxes. And I just leaned in and I leaned in and I leaned in and my spunk came back and everything started to change at that moment. So that's kind of what led me up to where I am in February. I was like, oh, I want to be a podcaster. That same day I started my podcast. Most people do all the research and all those things. I just picked a random host and decided oh, I'm going to interview people about self-love and Feed Your Body With Love was born. Um, a few months, like six months later, we ranked number 52 on the top self-love podcast to listen to in 2020, um, which was, I have still to this day have no idea how we ended up on that list, but I know I have something powerful with that podcast, which then people wanted me to start teaching them to podcast. So Perfectly Imperfect Podcasting was born. Um, and then the brand of the Perfectly Imperfect Entrepreneur, because it's more fun to be imperfect. Oh, that is... That's a hundred percent right there. It is so fun. It is a little shaky and a little scary at first, but once you really get into the groove of it and you release perfect, I mean, and not that it isn't going to like, not that it isn't going to come back and slap you in the face every couple of days or even, even maybe once a day, yeah. you know, like, you know, those little nudges from outside sources coming to creep you in those little triggers honestly yeah. even just scrolling social media like you're gonna get these triggers that are gonna be like oh I need to like yeah I need to check that box or I need to fit into that box 
So, yeah, I think that that's a really amazing point of just like once you get beyond that and you can like kind of step back and notice when it's happening and then just get back to yourself, whatever that is, be it messy, be it scattered, be it disorganized, be it big, be it small, be it loud, be it quiet, whatever, you know, um, I think that that's so important to know is that once you embrace it, man, life becomes a lot more fun. Um, I mean, there's a lot that happens, right? But so we'll, and we'll get to that. But um, yeah, you, you, you hit home for me with your story because I had a very similar experience. I was let go from my career, a uh, 10 plus career in publishing um, when I was eight months pregnant with my daughter, with my first, with my first child. And yeah, it was, a you know, a blessing in disguise, I can say now, I know at the time that m many people were like, oh, but isn't that so nice? Because now you're going to be home with your baby. And it's like, I could have quit would have been the optimal way for me to be home with my baby, not for me to abruptly be let go and have no frame of reference for how to deal with managing life as not a professional, not a businesswoman anymore, at the same time as adjusting to becoming a mother for the first time. But now in retrospect, there's, oh, and that's why I asked this question to start for every episode. I always want to know like what happened? Cause there's always a transformational moment. Um, and that's when we become, so those are the challenges that allow us to learn so much. And I know a lot of people get, you know, get faced with these challenges and they, they can melt, you know, they, or they lean into the difficulty and the victimhood of the challenge instead of leaning into the growth opportunity of the challenge. So I like to note that because it's just like, and you know, so it's easier said than done sometimes, but you know, just acknowledging you for having that opportunity to step back, really look at what was going on and say, I'm not going back to that. Why would I go back to that? And that leads into like, that self-awareness that you talked about, about how does not, how, how, how do I look or how, what everybody's thinking about me? How do I feel? So becoming aware of those sensations inside of you, whether it's mentally, spiritually, physically, what is going on, really becoming mindful of that stuff so that you can make better decisions. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, everybody hears, you know, all the buzzwords, right? Like everybody hears about mindfulness and then they're like, oh, okay, cool. You know? And, you know, I have the benefit as a teacher in this stuff to see both sides of that and, and just like the type of person that I am, like I have that ability to see the gray area. I see the very, you know, concrete, you know, juicy, amazing truth and, and spiritual based, um, um, definition of mindfulness, but then we can throw that stuff out the window and I'll just give it to you like this, like. Mindfulness is being able to note when you feel like shit, <laughs> you know, like when you, or when you're being abused, you know, and, and it could, cause it could be in a subtle way that you might not really grab. So just noting that, that you were able to become aware in the face of challenge. And that's how we become, we grow from the, those, those learning experiences. And that's how we can become teachers. So that's my, why me and you do what we do now, Yeah, you know? And it's important to note that, but, um, you know, so leading into our topic, you know, what's coming up for me right now is like, does society or does our culture or does our government, dare I say it, or whatever it might be, and does industry want us to be able to face these challenges with poise and with mindfulness so that we can grow? Or do they want us to fear? Do they want our reaction to be fear? And that's what I think this sort of letting go of expectations and like the parameters and programming that's set up for us, this discussion really does come down to is like, you feel expectations and we can talk, there's so many different varying levels of this, but that's what's coming up for me right now is just like, you know, what do you do when you're faced with this? Do you look at it as an opportunity for growth? And do you start to fear because you're wondering what people will think? Like, for example, you lost your job, you know, um, 
Things are crumbling. Things are don't look anything like they did, you know, the day before. Your life looks like a mess now. Are you worried what people are thinking of you? Um, or is this an opportunity, right? So they really want you to care what people think about you because then you're going to go buy a whole bunch of shit and oh. you're going to um, self-medicate. Oh, yeah. And you're going to get sick. Yep. And then when you get sick, we go down that road. So just noting that, because that's what's coming up for me right now. Because you talked about, you talked about being sick. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I appreciate you, you sharing that with us. What do you feel like is, you know, so I, that's what came up for me out of this conversation just to start. But what do you think is like the biggest factor in people's sort of attachment to um, fulfilling the expectations of others or society, right? Well, I, um, honestly, we're grow from day one, we're brought up on fear. Like yeah. you, fear is, there's that whole, it's the best way to control other people yeah. is to instill fear. And, you know, it, it's not, I'm again, I'm not a parent, so I have no idea what it's like, but you know, like when you go to touch the oven, when you're little and, you know, I can remember a moment, no, 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 don't do that. You're going to get hurt. And then I remember a lot, like, I don't have a lot of memories from my really young self, but a lot of them are, no, 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 don't do that. You will get hurt. Yeah. No, 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 don't do that. Um, as well as like the first time that, you know, I was in class, we were, you know, drawing out our alphabet and a little, a little boy called me a fatty. Like, why is that the only memory I have of kindergarten? Yeah. There's this fear of like, I didn't fit in. We want to fit in. We're social beings. We want to be accepted. We don't yeah. want to be the outcasts. That doesn't feel good to be on the outside of something. So there's always a fear of like, I want people in my life. I want friends. I want to fit in. And I think that that, that fear comes up from childhood. And we just, it amplifies as it gets older. And I am so grateful that I did not grow up with social media. I am so grateful that like computers and tech and phone and all of that happened like either like almost like the end of my high school. To, well, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty much out of high school. So you're like, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> dating myself. But that's okay because I'm embracing that you know, like, Hey, I did go through that time. And oh my goodness, not having someone having to constantly film. I, mm -hmm. I just, I see the difference in generation. I'm like everybody's kids. aunt. I am anti gen for everyone. Um, which my, my friends and family love because it's like, Oh, but I see it really heavily come up now. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be on social media. Everybody's constantly like, you know, on their phone, like, we're so under a microscope now that that fear of fitting in makes us lose touch with ourselves, yeah. you know, and the filters and all of the different things. It's like, okay, when you're looking online, almost everybody's going to have a filter. Yeah. Whether it's a funny filter because they're, and a lot of that comes <laughs> bubbles up from self-worth yeah. and how you feel about yourself. Um, so there's, there's so much, Yeah. there's so much around fear because then it's like, okay, well, what happens when someone in reality meets you walking down the street? Are they going to judge me because I don't have a filter on? Yeah. I can't wear a filter in my everyday life. Yeah. And it's, it's just, we constantly replay things and it just, it's a, it's a vicious circle and fear is a great, I mean, right now we're like, we were just talking about living in fear and you know of germs and like all the different things there's right. a whole new level of fear being put you know distilled in us what you know granted that's what's happening right now in the world but fear is a great way to 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 create control like i mean we ran out of toilet paper last year come on <laughs> you know yeah. that was fear based because we yeah. all oh you know like a, a case of Costco toilet paper. Wasn't yeah, I'd love Costco. to know like how many people actually like couldn't what you know like couldn't wipe their number two. Like you know what I mean. Like I would love to know the numbers on that. Like all of that fear and how many people really, really got into a situation where you were like effed in that area. <laughs> 
Um, but it's like, it's a silly example, but it's a good one because it's like all of that commotion mm -hmm. and what it does to our nervous system. I mean, it's hard because it's like, oh God, then we can go down into a whole new rabbit hole there trying to keep us, <laughs> trying yeah. to keep us in line. But yeah, man, it's like, it, it really, it, you know, so that awareness, you know, I actually, that's what I wrote down is like, um, you know, you mentioned that it's not only is it programmed for us to want to fit into these categories, but there's also a natural biological urge to do so. So I think that that's really important to note because at least for my journey, and I really don't, and I, and so I have to assume that it isn't just me. Um, you know, once I kind of became really hyper aware of this stuff, I then for a little while lived in a space of a little bit of self-shaming. Like, why do I give a fuck so much? And yeah. kind of like then, so then you're like putting it on yourself and like all of that, you know? And so it's like, okay, it's a blame. It's a blame game. You either put it on yourself. Why do I care so much? What's wrong with me? Or you can turn it, you know, a lot of people, you know, and it's, and it's healthy to, to at least be in these spaces for a moment, maybe, but just become aware and then move beyond it of like, you know, you can point the finger at your parents and your grandparents and how they raised you. Um, so there's a lot of blame that can come in, but I think that's why it's important to note that there is a natural biological urge to want to fit in that when you think about it, that is also programming, but it is from a so far back ingrained way, because if we didn't, you know, I, yeah, at a certain point, I'm pretty sure, you know, like if you were the one, maybe like the first caveman that like caveman that was like, look fire, they probably like fucking killed him. And then it was like <laughs> the second or the third guy that they were like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, seriously, like, you know, cause that is you're stepping out of the norm. And so when you think about it, it has to be this sort of biological, natural, you know, urge. So I just invite people to, to, you know, absorb that a little bit because it's not, there's nothing wrong with you for caring yeah. what other people think and what society's expectations are. We're literally biologically and um, sort of nurture-based programmed to care just the end, you know, so it's like, okay, parental, um, you know, sort of epigenetics uh, approach plus biological plus all your media and your culture just coming in and re and reinforcing all of it over and over and over again. So it's really, I think it's important to like name the culprit. I'm always talking about that, like, you know, name your offender, you know, because it is the only way that you can really become aware of this stuff. Um, but you also said something a little bit uh, before that about not living in black and white, like it's not black and white. So like, and that's a, that's a good example of it. It's like, it's not just like, oh, what's wrong with me? Like, you know, there's, there's so much there that sometimes it's like not even worth unpacking it to that kind of level. It's just about committing to coming back to yourself. Um, and I think that self-care certain forms of self-care are if you know dare i say it any kind of friggin' self-care might actually have it you know either a small or, or extremely large effect on your ability to do that yeah because i think the first thing that happens when you start to prioritize yourself whether it is from a wellness perspective or whether it is just from like a i'm going to i mean all of it really is a part of wellness but, you know, like I'm going to sing or I'm going to do art or I'm going to, you know, have whatever that thing is that I've always really kind of felt drawn to that I've been like told is silly or not normal <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is. I'm going to do that friggin' thing. Yeah. And see how it feels again, coming back to that you know, space of like, what makes me feel like shit and what makes me feel good? Bottom line, there is some gray area to that too. But, um, but yeah, not living in the black and white of what's white, right and what's wrong and being okay to step into that gray area 
And that's a messy area. I think one of the things, yeah. And, and I think you, that's where it came up for you was like being told that things have to be one way or the other. And, um, I always go back to like one of my first, like really, um, really long-term relationships, which was like this, in, you know, totally like mentally abusive relationship where like I was, you know, talk about programming and like control and fear-based, right? Like I was totally controlled by this person. Yeah. And I was much younger than he was and I was vulnerable in that way. And I believed a lot of the things that he said to me. And one of the things he used to say to me all the time was that my view uh, you know, like me being able to see the duality in things because we would have these conversations or like, you know, about an argument in the family or whatever it was, you know, somebody did this and they shouldn't have done that or whatever it was. And I was always able to see this duality of the situation based on what the person's intentions were and see, okay, well, yeah, that sucks, but, and you see the gray area, you see like, all right, but I can understand how this might've happened and how we can move beyond it. And I remember him just constantly telling me like that, that that was wrong. That was a completely false and wrong way to approach any situation that it isn't intention-based and there's no, there's literally would say, right. There's no in between. So as soon as you put, make those compartments or those boxes, now we have to live in one or the other. And the minute that we don't feel like we fit in, we start to beat ourselves up and we start to feel wrong and we go down this line and now we feel judged or we're in fear of judgment of stepping outside of those bounds. So I think the gray area is like a really important piece for this, you know? It's where all the healing happens too. Yes. Oh. <laughs> It's so Let's true. just call it fate a spade. That's where the healing happens is once yeah. you can get out of those boxes where it's, you feel like you're just treading mud. We're not even treading water at this point. We're treading mud and it's uncomfortable and it's hard, but that, that's, that's where the magic is, is that ability to get out of the, like you said, the slump of like, oh my goodness, why am I thinking this? I have so much shame for thinking this. Versus the, I'm trying to fit in the box. So you have those two black and white sides, but that middle point ground, it's hard. And it's hard yeah. in any, any time you change anything, whether that's, you know, the way you feel about yourself, the way that you're eating, the right. way that you're interacting, like you said, with a, with a significant other, Yeah. that moment that you realize like, oh, this is actually abusive. Now, what do I do? Because now everything's attached, you know, and I, I've had relationships like that and it was like, oh, now I'm attached okay, this household is taking two incomes. I only have one income worth of finances coming in. How do I leave this? Mm. You know, and there's all of those things, but it's, it's when you start tread, trudging that muddy water, it gets, eventually it gets easier. Yeah. You just got to go in and start, start working the mud. Yeah. That's, that's what I always say too, especially when I'm talking to people about like where to begin to prioritize themselves. I'm always just like jump in anywhere like literally anywhere, because it will send a message to your mind, body, and soul, no matter what it is you're doing for you, it will send a message to your mind, body, and soul that you are a priority and that you're loved and that you're worthy. And then things become clear based on that, yeah. not based on the, uh, I mean, yeah, the, 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 you know, sort of in line with this conversation, the draw or the urge to choose perfectly to, to execute perfectly. Like that's the conversation I have time and time again about like executing self-care purpose perfectly. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's the opposite of what we're trying to cultivate here. It's just like, jump in dude. And that's like, um, so yeah, if you were, if there was somebody listening right now was wondering like, well, how do I, you know, just embrace my imperfect self? You know, that's probably what I would say is, um, just jump into something that you love or something that you know is going to make you feel good or better imperfectly with, you know, just without a plan, without perfect, you know, without perfect action, without execution being scheduled and, you know, be spontaneous, just jump into something. So what would, I guess that's a good question. Like, what would you say if somebody was listening now and going, how, what's the best way that I can start to just let go of this fear of judgment and and fitting in 
and start coming back to my authentic self. So I, my favorite is, is art. I love art because first off, you don't have to share it. Um, last year, I really leaned into this whole creating art with your eyes closed um, because you'd be surprised what you can see when you don't actually see. And once you can start to dissociate like this need, again, it's the need to be perfect. And you're like, okay, think of how you're feeling, set a whole bunch of pens out or paints out, just close your eyes and feel into that and grab things and just put it on the page. Um, because at that point, it's it's something safe. It is something so incredibly small that no one's going to judge you except for yourself. And you will be absolutely surprised how little you end up judging yourself. Yeah. And it's it's not about like for me, if you're really in, in the in the dark space, yeah. the big steps are scary. And can easily push, can go the opposite way. If you're a person that can be all in and that's great, that's go for it, jump in. Right. But if you need something very small to just start pushing yourself forward, you can use something like art. You know, we judge art all the time, but look at how many abstract painters are selling masterpieces <laughs> for multi-million dollars. And you're like, did you, did you literally just like throw paint at a wall at a canvas? All right, that's worth millions because they believed it was worth millions. Yeah. So I think that art, it kind of unlocks that like creative flow where you can start getting back into yourself. Um, it's a great form of meditation. Yeah. Um, sometimes journaling might be even too hard. So yeah. it's a great way to get out without having to see what you're getting out. And then if you want to create it and turn it into something else. Maybe when you're drawing things, you see something and it looks like a dragonfly. You're like, oh, I'm going to add these few little lines and look at this. Look what I've created. You know, and then for me, I would go deeper and be like, oh, what's the meaning of a dragonfly? Right, right. You know, like, let's <laughs> exactly. be honest, it can be a long process <laughs> because it'll be like, oh, well, I drew a bunch of circles. What does that mean? And yeah. you might research what circles mean. and like, oh, maybe I feel like I'm stuck in a pattern. Yeah. It's or maybe really... it's a unity. So it's oh. a it's a great tool. That's probably the best thing that I can depending on how deep in you are, right, you know, and disconnected with self, art is a great way to just let go. I am so glad you said that because I'm like this. I mean, art for me is obvious is important as well because I sing and I write music. So and I've always done that. And there were I mean, that's probably the biggest um probably one of the biggest, you know, sticking points or like stories about this topic for me in my personal life. Cause it's like, I spent so long, um, being programmed and listening to what I was told as a child, which was that singing was not a good option for me to per pursue because it was so, you know, unlikely that I would be successful, successful in quotes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that it would be such a struggle that I should just, you know, it, it was silly to even consider that as, you know, meanwhile, here I am, you know, what was I, eight years old? I didn't tell you that I was going to be the next Celine Dion. I didn't say that I needed to do this as a profession. I'm here eight years old and I'm telling you that I love to sing and that I don't want to wait until everybody leaves the house to move the, the, the couches out of the way in the living room and start a whole production. I want to do it when everybody's in the house. So it was like, you know, so I look at that and I can see, you know, I, I have very um, blurred memories of childhood because of Lord knows why, but it's, that is like a very clear, very clear memory for me because it was a pivotal moment where unfortunately uh, I felt squashed. I felt judged and I felt silly, you know, and like I was stepping outside of the norm. So I put that, draw toward music on the shelf for 20 years and not until my mid late 20s did I come back to it and even then I was um you know definitely it's like it's just a good example because I was trying to emanate all these other singers so now it's like all right cool like I'm gonna do this but now I'm comparing myself to everybody else and it was only through doing it over and over again and um and and probably you know alongside my own healing 
that I was able to finally, and I noticed that even through yoga, it was probably around the time that I went through yoga teacher training that I was like, oh my God, like I sound different. And not only is it probably because my, my lung capacity is probably a little better, like all the breathing and stuff, but I sound different because I sound like me. So that's an example of like other forms of self-care coming in and like kind of just like filling me up and making me feel like me again. So I'm promoting my wellness so that all these other things can fall into place. Now, I love that you brought up art instead of journaling because journaling is another thing that's like very important to me and that I'm always preaching as such a beautiful like therapeutic um, form of self-care. But a lot of people do struggle with that and they're like mm -hmm. hell no even though i'm like no 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 just brain dump just brain it doesn't have to but it's literally there's a blockage with that pen because you want it to be pretty you want it to come out perfect i still struggle with it too where i'll like be and then i'm like what the hell am i doing like just keep going like yeah. stop you know and i have to you know turn that switch off sometimes and that's okay but it's like i get it so i love that not only just like throwing something out there as far as whether it's painting drawing whatever but doing it with your eyes closed it's like wow and then even maybe even the process of looking at it and finding meaning what what message am i trying to send to myself that is it's like um that's like intuition boot camp yeah oh yeah so that so, word, another word that, you know, our, our listeners may or may not have heard, but probably, you know, it's like your intuition, your inner knowing yeah, that space where you live, that you, that space inside, you know, that your gut feeling that you are also told and programmed not to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, you are yeah. literally told, oh, you got a gut feeling. Great. Do what the book says to do. Right. Yeah. Don't do what your gut tells you to do. Do what the book tells you to do. Now, granted, you follow the, what your gut tells you to do. Yeah. Could it be a disaster? Sure. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, un, I think it's less likely than you think and feel it will be a disaster, but it might be. And you know what? That disaster was sent to you. This is, you know, here I am. I'll get on my soapbox for the next 20 seconds. You, you know, it was sent, that disaster was there for, especially if you were following your intuition, that disaster was sent to you for your opportunity to learn. Yeah. And, you know, so now we're going, we're going down that road now, but it's the idea that we are literally told that just doing things based on that inner knowing that gut feeling that those in those answers that are already within us that are literally just like, bing. They're yeah. there. And then you're like, shh, shh, shh. we're literally programmed not to listen to it. Yeah. It's like craziness. So art really, for me, art really opened it up. The first time I did the exercise, I did it with crayons and I was trying to tap into something. Cause sometimes, you know, like where the, the sticky point is. So I was just thinking about it. So I was thinking about it with my eyes closed, reached out. I was like, okay, spirituality, because I had a hard time with spirituality and sharing that because I was made mm -hmm. fun of a lot for all of my beliefs as a child. Yeah. I picked up a white crayon on a white piece of paper and drew an entire picture. Like at that moment, I was like, oh, get the black light. <laughs> what's going, you know, because it was something. And to me, when you look at that, you can kind of start processing things out without yeah. having to write like, in my childhood, this came up and this came up and have to keep, again, what are we doing? We're writing that story and ingraining that. Because mm. we're, again, pen to paper helps that brain connection. But when I started drawing a picture, I was like, I'm not seen. I'm not heard. I'm hiding. And it was like, at that moment, I knew that like, okay, art, art, art's, art's my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so big. That's so meaningful. And it's like, so, you know, what's coming up for me now is like, um, you know, the, the, literally the voices that would be in my head, if I did that would be like, stop, Sam, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why are you, but so that is, that's why it's, it's so important because if that's what the first thing that comes up for you, that's the inner knowing. It's the first voice that you hear. The second voice is your wounded inner child. 
The second voice is that little inner child that got judged and, um, you know, and started to contort and change to, to fit in and for acceptance and for love that in that wounded inner child is like, (laughs) shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just, you know, you're being woo, you know, or whatever. (laughs) No, that's what came up first. It's beautiful. That was your answer. Boom. That's your answer. This is what this means. Um, it's a download. It's a, it's a true, it's a, it's just true in any, as anything you re- you've ever read in a book, if not more true, because it came from you. Ooh, there you go. My first rhyme of the day. <laughs> um, so you mentioned the yeah, other two things I want to hit on. Um, you mentioned spirituality. So, and we're literally on this because you're like talking about, you know, connecting to yourself here. So, and I always talk about, you know, obviously the difference between religion and spirituality, the difference between what your form of spirituality is. It's, you know, connection to self, but also connection to something bigger. So something, there's something bigger there would be like, there is a message that is coming to me from Mm -hmm. wherever you feel like, you know, defining it to come from, whether it's energy, whether it's universe, whether it's source, whether it's God, whatever the hell, right? Um, That is somebody, but yes, I can relate to, um, yeah, it, by way of that exact example of like those in those sort of messages that I was quieting in my life for so long. Um, but also like I'm an empath and I'm a highly sensitive person and I can understand like, and that's why I live in that gray area that we talked about and it would friggin' infuriate people. It wasn't just that X that I mentioned. It would infuriate people or it would confuse people or it would just put people off very often. So I, you know, so you, you get those reactions enough and then you start to dull yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And a lot. So even further than that, I think when I was younger, I would actually I mean, obviously I'm here for a reason. I talk a lot. And that was always one piece. Right. Sam, you're yapping. Shush. So we're supposed to, especially as women. Right. We're supposed to be quiet and small and manageable. Right. So there was all the talking, but even the talking was is even at a very young age, very philosophical, very spiritual discussion. And I remember like my aunt used to be like, what are you like? What are you like a million years old? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, you know, what is this? What is this six year old talking to me about right now? Um, But and it became there were there was were endearing moments regarding it like that. But then there were also. There were also like there was also a lot of joking about it, right? And it became a joke. Yeah. So when it becomes a joke, then same thing. You start to contort, change yourself because now who wants to be the butt of a joke? Right. So I'm just putting that out there as my story for the for the people who could resonate. Cause again, I'm a hundred percent sure I'm not the only one who's experienced some, something along those lines. But having over the last couple of years come to a place where not only am I a heal on a healing journey, working with coaches, working with therapists. But um, like allowing myself to come out like imperfectly as we're talking about and just show up here in this space live and just be like, this is who I am. And the more I let myself do that, the more my spirituality comes out now. And to the point where like, who knows whether my title is going to remain self-care coach. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that, you know, I'm going to let this flourish until like one day you might be, see Sam, you know, spiritual guide. I don't know. But it's like, oh, like these are the pieces of me. This is a massive part of myself that I did not because every time I talked about this stuff, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, and yeah, and I can go down that road, but it sounded like you had a similar experience with that when you mentioned it. Oh yeah. I mean, since like I said, I was energy healing on my grandpa when I was three, you know, that that's pretty good connection to whatever my higher power of whatever I believed in, you know, at that time. And like you said, like one thing I want to hit on is like your higher power can be whatever you want it to be. You just know there is a higher power, whether that's in religion or woo or the combination of both. It's that connection that you have to something outside, that energy outside of you. We're all energetic beings. Mm -hmm. That all that energy that you have isn't sourced just inside yourself. 
And, you know, I was told, you're an old soul. Okay, you're calling me old. I'm I'm five. <laughs> and you're saying I'm an old soul? What does that mean? I had no idea what it meant. But it was because I was wise beyond my years. And I was wise beyond my years in that spirituality that as, as I got older and got shut down, and again, the butt of the jokes, I just, I hit it. And I love that you mentioned, like, in who knows what my title will be. You know, I'm the pivoting queen. I love last three years have been pivoting as I've been leaning in deeper, as you get to know yourself, like you are not stuck with whatever, especially in business, like if you have your own business, you are not stuck doing it forever. Even if it's a cash cow, it's okay to pivot because the more in flow you are, the more that give take is going to happen and it gets easier. And that's, that's one of the things like, if I could offer any advice is like, if it's a huge struggle and you're forcing yourself to still do the same thing, see if there's a little tweak that makes it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Even if it seems like, oh my goodness, this is too easy. It's not going to be that easy for someone else that was in your shoes two days ago. <laughs> you know, you could be that much further ahead of somebody and still help them. Yeah. And it, it's okay to change your mind. Like judge away. I mean, you've been in my space for a while now. You've seen you've seen quite a few different <laughs> versions of like, I'm a body positive coach. I'm an intuitive eating coach. I'm a podcasting coach. I'm a goddess coach. Like it's it's been shifting and that's okay. Yeah, I love that. I literally, I mean, you know, full disclosure, I'm here for the vulnerable shares. Uh, literally just had this conversation with my therapist like like two days ago where I was like, ah, I'm like, I'm feeling so much resistance around pivoting around whether or around labeling my labeling, you know, and, and so not to go too far down that road, but it's like, you know, just to note that, you know, it's okay to, to, to feel discomfort in that, need to change and to pivot pivot. Obviously there is going to be discomfort in any mode of change. Um, and it's also okay to sit with it for a while. I always say like the answers, I think one of probably two of the, the most like, you know, sort of eye opening moments when I fully embodied these facts was like, a, the answers are either inside of you already or on their way to you. So like, talking about being trying to be perfect and trying to you know fill all the boxes i often would give myself a ton of anxiety and would experience a ton of anxiety around making decisions right away and knowing the answers now <laughs> yeah and so i would i was that person who would be like i'm going on google and i'm calling my sister and and uh, and you know we can go down that road too like all the validation yeah instead of just going inside because i need you know because i needed the answers now so that for me was just like <clears throat> you know i can release that because so, you know, it's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And what am I? So what am I fearful of? I'm fearful of people thinking that I don't have the answers or that I'm scattered or I'm disorganized or like I, you know, am not smart, you know, or whatever it is. It's like all fear based and it allow it it detaches you from your ability to connect with the idea that a everything's going to be OK. <laughs> and you know even if you are a mess everything can still very well be okay it might even be better um and more fun as we said but um but also if you just give yourself that space to wait it out so so that's what i'm saying like if you feel like oh you know i want to start a business or i want to start a podcast or whatever it is and you're like but what do i even call it and what do i even call myself and what does that make me and like what you know, like what, what do I have to portray? And all of those questions, it's like, here's your invitation to just sit with it. Just wait, it'll come to you. It'll be like this little spontaneous, spontaneous, like inner nudge, just wait for it. And I think the other thing that was like, so pivotal for me was like, again, just like releasing the idea of perfect in general. 
releasing it. I think one of the, one of the first things that I worked on with my first coach that I ever worked with, um, was fear of imperfect action. And it was like the first thing that I ever, first time I ever heard anybody say that. And so then you're able to become aware. Oh yeah. So like, not only am I, of course, fearful of the outcome being imperfect and being judged. And so when I say judged, like fearful of what people think, you know, will think if you fail, right. Or if your outcome is a mess or disaster or, you know, anywhere in between. Right. Um, but so not only fearful of that, but even fearful of executing imperfectly. Mm -hmm. Talk about holding yourself back. Oh yeah. You know, so, um, like I said, it was the first time that I ever really like even heard it put that way. And as soon as I heard those words, I'm like, that's it. (laughs) That's where I'm at. You got me. But, um, is just becoming aware of that is like half the battle. Cause you're like, I am doing this. Oh my God. And why, why? So, and you know, do I have this like booming coaching business now? No. Am I, you know, having six figure, you know, having five figure months? No, but I find success is a fluid term and it should be different for everybody. And for me, I get a message at minimum every other day about this podcast or something else I'm doing that's from someone telling me that I'm helping them and that they're enjoying it and they're gleaning from it and that that it's helping or whatever it is, right? Positive feedback is telling me that I'm in line with my purpose right now. That is success for me right now. You know, so again, I invite people listening to define their own level of their own, their own uh, version of success, because that's the thing you're fear, fearful of not succeeding. Yeah. And it's like, so that's where we need to begin sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes it's letting go of the labels too. Like you were afraid, like you, like one of the things that keeps coming up for me, because you mentioned like your first coach, my first coach, I was handed a business card. And you want to know what her title was? Queen of Mer Pirates. That's what was actually on her. She was a business coach, but her title was Queen of Mer Pirates. And I'm that. like, and because okay. she's like, whatever. Every time I pivot, it doesn't matter if I'm going to help you with this, 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 or this. She's like, I'm a Mer Pilot. I'm I'm the Queen of Mer Pirates. And it was like, she was like. Now that I look back, you know, having the last three years, she was probably one of the pivotal moments for me when I started stepping into myself because it's like, she just called herself a mer pirate. Like, how cool is that? And she does have a success. I mean, like, I saw her back end of her business. I knew her as a person. I was like, she's got a lot of what I want and define as success. Yeah. As a mer pirate. Okay. I'm all in. Yeah. So that's that also, you know, like trusting yourself, trusting yourself. You feel connected. You feel drawn. I had not, not the mer pirate thing, but I had a kind of a similar, like the first coach that I ever worked with her biz, you know, like her title at the time was creative perspectives guide or coach or something like that, you know? And, you know, so in retrospect, yeah, she was probably trying to get creative, which I've, you know, been down that road too. And I tend to try to do that too. And, um, and one of the, yeah. And, and, and she has since pivoted a million times as well. And, you know, she's even in the yoga world now, like we kind of came, came right back to each other. But, um, so yeah, I would. And so actually what's coming up for me in relation to this conversation is the comparing, right? Because the label, like our draw to going into these categories and labels and, and choosing one for ourselves is to go, is to be in the box Mm -hmm. is to step into one of the boxes have to be in one of the boxes because it's again, innately programmed inside of us to inside of us to feel like if we don't, then we're wrong and different and not normal and won't be successful, you know? Um, So it's like, yeah, releasing the attachments, you know, that's the yogi in me has to say, you know, 
detach non-attachment releasing the attachment to the labels release releasing the attachment to even the outcome even the outcome like you can act and then see how it goes on the other end and not even have i mean do we want a vision yes do we want a like a very broad picture vision for our lives and what it is going to look like in our own version of success that we were just talking about yes but do you need are you a you know are you a fortune teller can you see every detail on the other end of this no no i mean maybe there are people who can see that but i'm not one of them but me either right so it's like you know that is a power that you're insisting on yourself that you should have that is a pressure that you're putting on yourself that you don't need to have so but even further than that we put ourselves into these boxes and then i think that that's where comparison comes from because mm -hmm. the problem is is then it's a game of who fits in the box better who is fitting in the box best that's comparing that's that comparing that we all do where we're like oh well she's doing it why didn't i do it like that or she just, you know, she started her business and it's only been a year and she's making six figures or, you know, or look at like, look at her little perfect family and look at the outfits and look at the white picket fence and all of that, you know, so all that comparing that is equals who can fit in these boxes better, best. So if we eliminate the boxes, we eliminate the comparing. And the comparing goes nowhere. The comparing completely stunts you, in fact, because then you're in a negative space, you're in a negative vibration, you are shitting on yourself, quite, quite frankly. Why, am, why does my not, life not look like that? What's wrong with me? I am doing, you know, guilting yourself. I'm doing something wrong, shaming yourself. I am wrong. And you are in a negative space. Nothing positive can come out of that. So if we eliminate the boxes, we can eliminate that comparing game. I wish it's, I, I know. And sometimes. it starts with awareness. Yes. Like, you just have to be we'll aware struggle. of it. Yeah. You know, and it goes back to checking in with yourself. Does this feel like, like you're, you're an empath. Does this, is this even mine? <laughs> like that's yes. one of my favorite questions. I'm like, is this feeling even mine that I'm having right now? Cause I'm not, nope, not mine. <laughs> you can have it back. Right. Right. Where you're like, who, you know, and it is, it's, it's, I love when things like kind of have a, like a dual meaning, but the same also. Cause it's like, yes, as an empath, same thing. Like I will pick up on vibes and emotions from the people around me and take them on as my own very easily. And I will often be like, what the, I was having like literally five minutes ago, I was having the best day of my life. And now I want to jump out the window. So like what's happening? But yes, it's awareness from that perspective to make sure that you're just not, even if you're not, you know, literally absorbing somebody's vibe, are you telling your, or are you absorb, absorbing somebody else's story? Mm -hmm. So regard, forget, you know, whether you're an empath, whatever, like, are you absorbing somebody else's story that's based on their quote failures and their you know strife and discomfort and challenges and what they gleaned from those and taking it on as your own which i guess comes back to that intu intuition piece too where it's like throw all that on the out the window and go within and see how it feels because let me tell you something if you want to go for something and you get those butterflies in your belly when you think about it and you get all like lit the hell up. Oh, yeah. And then your wounded inner child comes in and says, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Or my favorite and, pro and probably like that's, you know, mine is who the hell do you think you are? Yep. You know? So when that voice comes in, that's like somebody else's stories that your inner child just like absorbed as truth because it's a child. <laughs> and so now it's walking around as your inner critic. But, um, but yeah, I guess the point is like, yeah, you don't, you don't need to hold on to that stuff coming right back to our, you know, topic of letting go for this month. Like you don't need to hold on to that stuff. It is it, it, nine times out of 10, it isn't yours. 
it's based on somebody else's definition of success, somebody else's, you know, a lot of times it is your parents or your grandparents, and it's based on their trauma. It's based on their experiences that might have been really complicated. And those aren't your experiences either. You're like a total, like pure soul here from the get. So we forget that sometimes we don't have to cling to it. Um, And we certainly don't have to be like the next person in the box. Um, I love this conversation. Like I'm so, I'm so happy right now that we're doing this. We had a few comments, (laughs) Jen, Jen Collard Borns, who's going to be on the podcast um, next month um, in our motherhood topic, which is coming next month. We're going to be all about the mamas in May, the whole month of May, all about motherhood and, you know, the struggles and the solutions. (laughs) Um, But she was, she just said, I love that caveman fire example you just threw down. Perfect. I'm like, I am going to have to write that one down. (laughs) I'm like, that is true. Sometimes there'll be a gem that comes out here and there. I got a bunch of gems from you. I jotted them down. Um, But yeah, so um, what, what I normally like to do just to wind down the episode is any final thoughts and feel free to take a beat, take a breath, whatever, you know, like no pressure, but you know, any final thoughts, things that are coming up for you that were not said. And then of course, aside from art, which we did talk about, like any forms of self-care that are like non-negotiable for you, that you like are always promoting for, you know, whether it's your clients or the people that you love. So, oh my goodness, there's so many. Well, for we'll just start with self-care because that's easier. For me, I have a whole bunch of non-negotiables. Um, walking my dog is one of them. It's actually built into my schedule. And if it runs long, that's fine. Um, the other one is, it's really, I mean, it's basic. It's just being aware of yourself. That's, that's one of my favorite is like being aware and asking yourself and just t- slowing down enough, put your hands on your heart, feel your heart beating and ask, is this mine? You know, and you can even ask, is this mine in this present moment? Because it might be yours from yesterday or from 10 years ago. But just ask, like, is this what's coming up? Um, I'm not I I try to journal. I'm not a good journaler. So the other thing is, is just other than art. I just that's one of my things. I have doodle pads all over my house because if I'm nervous, if I'm upset, I'm either tapping because I love EFT tapping or I am doodling and Mm -hmm. allow it. I mean, I'm, I could be doodling while I'm talking to you. Like I don't pay attention, but sometimes there's a message in your, there's always a message in your mess. There's Mm -hmm. always, if you're willing to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. That's in line with what I've been saying a lot lately. Like sometimes self-care is addressing the elephant in the room. Yeah. You know, it's definitely, you know, people here have heard me say it's not bubble baths and pedicures like, you know, and so that's been heard, I'm sure. But it could very well be addressing the elephant in the room. And that's where that space of self-awareness has to come into play, because we got to take a step back, slow down, take a look at what's going on. So I love it. And play. play. Don't forget to play. If you can act like a five-year-old, do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. I had a moment just a a couple days ago where I started to tear up because I um my daughter was like making up a dance like to or but you know with no music. So then we found the music that would go with the dance and then we were doing it together and I just started to tear up not only just because it was like this really cute moment, but the um the play that was being drawn in and the like the the just the creativity um, just noting that what goes deeper in those moments is presence. Yeah. Like you are not in those moments where you're having like these playful, like just silly, like, you know, and, and these moments are often looked at by the way, as a waste of time, you oh. know, like okay. what we need to be like doing things and like producing, but those moments, um, if you can incorporate play, offer a presence practice, which is just like, please, that's that's how you get to a place of self-awareness is is being comfortable being in the now. So um, and all of it is a practice, just like yoga, 
You know, I always say that too. It's like, okay, you know, if this is triggering you right now and and you're listening and you're like, I am so far away from that, you know, kind of thing. No, you're not because it's all a practice. Some days I do it and it's like comes fluidly and I'm like so in it to a point where I would start to cry because I'm like so present, you know? And then there are other days where I'm just not there at all and I am in that go, go, go producing, you know, um, doing mode for an entire day. And it is a practice where it just has to, there's an ebb and flow. Yeah. So I don't know. That's when these things come up for me, I make sure to say them because I just feel like if some, if it's coming up, then somebody might need to hear it. And if it's a trigger, it's probably something you want to be, become more aware of. FYI, yeah. just, just a little, totally. little nugget there. <laughs> like, yeah. That word triggered. triggered by something like, let's look at why. Yeah. That's your red flag. That's your little flag or your white flag, depending on the situation, right? Yep. It's like, that's the moment where you're like, okay, that's the elephant in the room. <laughs> Let's get to that. Oh my God. Oh my God. This has been so amazing. Thank you so much, Jem. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Appreciate you waking up um, and joining us so early in your day. Um, just real quick, tell us where to find you online and I'll make sure to put that in the comp in the show notes as well. I'm pretty much everywhere. And um, the handle is always j.dragonet. Um, just made it easy. That way, when I pivot <laughs> multiple yeah. times, it'll always come back to my name. So yeah. j.dragonet. Perfect. You set up a system for yourself there. I did. Perfect. And hey, if you're if you're thinking about starting a podcast just by just in case this is intriguing to you and it's giving you those little butterflies, you can reach out to either one of us for some advice. But um, but I know Jen has a very specific program for entrepreneurs and for people who want to start a podcast, which is great, because I think that a major, major part of like this sort of evolution and awakening that we're in right now where everybody is sort of like becoming aware of a lot of new things is um the biggest piece of it is that we need to hear from everyone if you feel like you have a message inside of you it's probably simply that little inner critic just telling you that nobody wants to hear it but guess what we all need to hear it's like the biggest piece is everybody needs to start speaking their truth and yep. we all evolve together from the knowledge that you glean. So I know that Jen agrees with me on this. 100%. Stuff. All right. I'm going to click off from live. Thank you again. You guys are the best Thank for you. joining us if you're still here. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Hopefully you will like, share, and follow. And if you want to stay connected, find me on Instagram at the underscore aligned underscore heart, or you can visit my website at alignedheart.net. Take care of yourself. Say it with me. Self-care is my job.